week. And now for the regular podcast. The regular. Hello. Hello. I would, you know, I wouldn't call this episode very regular, though. Oh, you're going to do a regular? You're not doing it? <laughs> but everything we talk about is super normal. Super, you know, this is real abnormal. Uh, hey, guys, um, this is the Witch's Magic Murder and Mystery Podcast. I'm Megan. I'm Kara. <laughs> We're, we're great. We're so good. Oh. We're on the Patreon and you've already heard us talk about what a disaster of a recording day we've had so far. Yeah. Um, not not got anything to do with any of the equipment. It's just more the fact that I'm a klutz. I can't help myself. We're just all over the place, really. I'm knocking things over. I'm spilling drinks. The lights are flickering for reasons we don't understand. My iPad didn't charge, so I had to print everything off and I'm having to hold it all weird. Okay. What kind of story do you have today? Are you ready? Um, no, <laughs> no, you shouldn't be. Okay, it's uh, medicinal cannibalism. I feel like this is two. This will be two Mondays in a row. Oh, guys, where I'm you have so done a horrible eating episode. Sorry, guys. Um, trigger warning: don't probably don't eat anything before this if you get nauseous. <laughs> oh take, man, go take a Zofran. Um, <laughs> some, pop some tums. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Not me reposition. Okay. 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 I'm ready. Are you ready? So, yep, yeah, Megan. Have you ever felt so sick that you would literally do anything to feel better? I would have said yes until you gave me the term medicinal cannibalism. And now Great. I feel differently. I feel like Great. I wouldn't necessarily. Great. <laughs> like, what is your... I hate having the stomach bug. Like, I can't stand to throw up. Like, that is... I would rather have strep for 12 days straight. Like, I cannot stand to have an upset stomach like that. Like, that is the worst to me. Like, what's yours? I can't, I can't remember the last time I even had a stomach bug. I know. There I go. Jesus. I, I don't know. I've only had strep once in my life, but it was terrible. Strep is bad. So I feel like I'd go with that. I think that's the worst I've ever felt. And it was like a year ago or two years ago or something. Yeah. Okay. Back in the day, people would resort to cannibalism thinking that it would cure them, but it, wasn't what you're thinking, Megan. It's back in like, what day, Kara? Back in days. Um, <laughs> back in days. Early days of European culture. The times before now, Megan. Times before our time. Maybe <laughs> even into our time. I'll touch on that at the end. But <laughs> I'm not. I'm not happy about any part of this. Okay, but it had to be mummified. Oh, it wasn't. So at least it was. It wasn't the living. You're not eating the living. You're eating like Dahmer did. Dahmer's Dahmery, whatever his name. He didn't eat them alive, did he? He ate that leg that flew off that guy. Oh, Charles Dahmer. <laughs> Dahmery. I mean, <laughs> I really hope that everybody caught her impression of his eating noises in that moment of the podcast. That was last Monday's episode. I. I laughed so hard <laughs> at the time, and then I laughed later when I edited it. It mean, just hilarious. Because we're so funny. <laughs> we at least find each other hilarious. So just, funny. And that's helpful. why we're doing this mm-hmm. for our pure entertainment. And you all get to tag along. So okay. Would, okay, so these, they, uh-huh. they eat dead people. They eat dead people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they believed it cured the ailments of the living Megan. Jeez. Yeah. I disagree, Kara. Yeah, well, uh, so medicinal cannibalism was a huge part of the mainstream medicine. It was in the 18th century English physician Robert James Pharmacopoeia. Pharmacopoeia? Universalis. 
cited that the flesh of a mummy resolves blood clots, coughs, menstrual problems, and speeds the healing of wounds. The wait, sorry, the blood of a mummy. That's what you said. The flesh. The of flesh a mummy of a mummy resolves blood clots and menstrual problems. Really, any bleeding issues you may have. So maybe if a hemophili- hemophiliac is, they're just lacking mummy flesh. <laughs> have you tried mummy? Have you tried mummy flesh? Next time, let you me know, have bad cramps. It, have you tried mummy flesh? It's like when people are like, "Oh, you have anxiety? Just yeah, get calm down. Just, just calm get down. over it. Oh, you have a bleeding disorder? Just eat mummy flesh. <laughs> <laughs> As if it's like something you can go to the store and just get some mummy flesh. It's just get, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. They thought that many of the medical cannibalism recipes applied the principles of sympathetic magic to disease, like the belief the powdered blood helps bleeding, human fat helps bruising, powdered skulls help with migraines or dizziness, and then another example is um, the claim that the Egyptian rulers cured their parasitic infections by bathing in human blood. I don't know how to feel. I'm so bothered by Maybe Elizabeth Bathory just had a lot of intestinal parasites. Mm-hmm. I'm not convinced she actually did bathe in blood, but if she did, if she perhaps did, that's, that's why she had wrong She's just following ancient medicine. Yeah, guys. I mean, I'm always in support of, like, things outside the... Um, pharmaceutical like norm uh-huh. but eating mummified skin mm-hmm. um or skulls no no crushed up skulls no, no not for oh. it it's not for me wait what's that nugget <laughs> how did they get the bodies to east yes that's kara how did they get those bodies to megan they would import the mummies <laughs> from where so since Medicinal cannibalism was like such a huge, like booming industry. They started raiding tombs in Egypt, and it was around like the 11th century, and they started to sell them across Europe. Um, so then the supply of the mummified remains started becoming scarce in the 1600s. Uh, the physicians started looking to the recently deceased specimens. If you import them, it's like, well, at least I don't know of this person's flesh. This is not. Anyone I loved or cared about. Right. They and, come from somewhere else. Yeah. And then, like, you don't know, like, what if it's a tomb of, like, royalty? And then you've got, like, you're eating royalty flesh. And maybe that's, like, ten times cooler. That's, it, it costs more for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. 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 <laughs> <laughs> mm. 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 They believe that the corpses of strong men and women held higher demand because their strong flesh would overcome the sick and weak flesh of the living. I mean, you would want to have healthy dead skin as opposed to unhealthy dead skin. Yeah. That's just common sense, Kara. Right, Megan. So have you ever, like, I know here in Kentucky, they have, like, like, you know how you make country ham? You, like, hang it up in in a barn in a building. I don't, I don't like where this is going. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. They, they cure, cure the bodies of these strong men and they would mellify them. So that was dipping corpses in a mixture of honey and herbs to create an additional medicine. So it's like they were making honey baked hams. <laughs> Not just country hams. Uh, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Country ham beats honey baked ham. Any day. Any day. By the way. My gosh. If you're, if you don't know what country ham is, because I've learned that if you 
Wait, like there's, pe- there's people that don't know what country ham is. Sad, like, you know, I also I've met people who don't know what beer cheese is. Huh? I don't understand. Just move to Kentucky. Who are you? <laughs> Just come here, hang out with us, and eat all the good food. Yeah. Wait. I had a friend who came and stayed at my house, and she lives. She lived in Missouri. And she was just like, yeah, no, what? What is beer cheese? And I was like, oh, oh, what? wait, why? Have you never experienced that in your life before? Can we just talk about beer cheese for the rest of the time and not discuss this anymore? <laughs> uh, I mean, I've got like four pages left here, so probably not. Okay, bye. Okay. Um, so then they made tinctures um, to treat internal bleeding by soaking mummified bodies in alcohol or vinegar. Um, then they would powder some skulls and crush up some skulls to use to treat ailments of the head. Sometimes they mix this with like a chocolatey treat. Oh, to treat like hemorrhages no. or strokes. No. They're like, oh, it's kind of hard to take that. Let's just add chocolate. Yeah. It, that powdery skull tastes a little weird. So we're fine to add some chocolate to it. Mm-hmm. Don't put it in a capsule. They didn't know what vegetable capsules were at that time. So just, there was no choice. Mm-hmm. They just they had, had to eat it with chocolate. So, oh, nope. Okay, so in the 1800s, Englishmen treated epilepsy by mixing skulls with molasses. And they would just chew it or eat it because it's a powder. The skulls were powdered. Oh, right. Um, oh, good. Okay. Yeah, that does help. Thank you. Skull. Thank you. But the flesh would be the ham flesh. Like feature. I hate this. Why, why do I keep talking? So, according to the 15th century philosopher Marsilio. Casino. Mm-hmm. Uh, Romans drank the blood of slain gladiators to absorb the vitality of strong young men and suggested adopting the practice by drinking blood from the army of young persons. Okay, so <laughs> there is something that is less disturbing to me about drinking the blood than about chewing stuff up. And I can't quite figure out what that means about me. <laughs> Guys, I'm like, yeah, I, can, I mean, I can handle that. I don't want to do it, but it's not nearly as disgusting to me. How do you to imagine? How do you feel about silver, Megan? Silver? Garlic? Oh. <laughs> and I hate the sun. And <laughs> Megan's a vampire, guys. I don't want to drink anyone's blood. I'm just saying. I definitely have more about extra it. <laughs> <laughs> Chewing up someone's dead skin is... <laughs> okay, there are things I shouldn't say. It's, done. it's out there. The world now knows. <laughs> So physicians and patients believed that ingredients obtained from corpses were most potent if they had died violently, like the great 16th century physician Paracelius Celsus, whatever his name was, wrote that after a man was hanged, his vital spirits would burst forth to the circumference of the bone. It was thought that when death came suddenly, a person's spirit could stay trapped within its mortal, mortal coil for at least enough time that the living might benefit from its power. That's worse. Because then it's like, you're like, I'm drinking the person. I'm drinking who it's they spirit. are. Oh my God. Mm. And you all were just okay with this. Like I'm speaking to them. Can you hear me? Can you all hear us? What are you doing? So during the Renaissance, the blood was typically harvested from freshly dead but it could also be taken from the living. Obviously, they're vampires. Um, they said highly respected 15th century Italian scholar and priest said that elderly people hoping to regain the spring in their step 
could suck the blood of an adolescent who was clean, happy, temperate, and whose blood is excellent, but perhaps a little excessive. You know, Megan, you, you, you look like you got a little more blood, blood in your body today. We're doing, we're helping you, really. This is this is really just yeah, help the kid. So they would while they're alive. Uh-huh. And then another theory was you could distill the blood of a healthy man like it's rose water. Um, and that was said to have cured any disease of the body. It's quoted that they said a small quantity restoreth them that have lost all their strength. <laughs> I have nothing. I have nothing. Because there's nothing to add to this. <laughs> it's just <laughs> so gross. Like it's just again, it's it seems like there would be just an instinct thing, like a the basics of your brain would tell you not to, to be not to these people. And this was like not just you know. There's some weird people here and there where something no, goes everybody. Wrong, but this was like everybody at the time. This is like a thing. Yeah, they all did it. Sometimes it's good when we make changes. <laughs> Sometimes it's good to learn and grow and <laughs> learn from your ancestors' bad habits. Okay, so Charles II of England paid a small fortune for a recipe to make a tincture from a human skull. It was deemed the king's drops. And Charles made use of this resulting alcohol mixture frequently. He would sip on it, and <laughs> he made it in his own laboratory. There's something about it being ground up, which makes it very easily easy to like distance yourself from what it actually is, right? Like, yes, it's ground up. It's not like you're looking at the skull right. itself and thinking that used to be a person That's with a person. family. Uh-huh. Um, but the whole the whole skin thing, the chewing the skin thing, the curing it, can't like over it thing, can't yeah, I just can't it. handle it. I think that's the I don't want to drink anybody's, anybody's blood. I feel like I need to make that very clear. I don't know. Guys, I'm questioning whether or not she's a vampire. Um, but it's also the same thing. You put it in something like that and drink it, and it's right. easier to pretend it's something else. Yeah. I don't know. So the skulls acquired for the use in the King's Drops came from Ireland grave diggers. The remedy was so popular for a variety of complaints, and um, it was... Like I said, mixed with chocolate, or sometimes he'd mix it with wine. And at least one case, it was used as a sort of like mother's little helper by a woman named Anne Dormer, Dormer maybe, who wrote in 1686 to her sister, Lady Elizabeth Trumbull. And she quotes, I apply myself to tend my crazy health and keep up my weak, shattered carcass, broken with restless nights and unquiet days. I take the king's drops and drink chocolate. And when my soul is sad to death, I run and play with the children. <laughs> she said that she had grown on skulls. It was thought to be super powerful. And then they would like brush it up and shove it up the nose to stop the nosebleeds. I think that's just like quick stop, like <laughs> blood clots. It's, I mean, it's like that powder that cops and ambulance, firefighters, EMTs, whatever, like pop open and like put in bullet wounds. Like she, it's, it's, she referred to herself as a carcass. She did. That is one tired mother. She right was there. a tired mother. Yeah. But she was able to run and play after she took up the king's drops. Which were skulls. Skulls and chocolates. And anyway. wine. Okay. Her preference was chocolate. She would drink chocolate. Okay. Yeah, maybe it was the chocolate that was curing people. It maybe had nothing. Chocolate has antioxidants. Or maybe it was the placebo effect. Yeah. Because. Skulls. Your brain's important. Their brains were important. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Gross. (laughs) Ew. 
Kara. Yes, Megan. I have been seeing all over TikTok these hair straighteners. Ever since I got my haircut, I still feel like I'm learning how to do my hair all mm-hmm. over again. Let me tell you, I have found one that works really well. It's um, from Tymo, uh-huh. T-Y-M-O. Yes. And it is the company for getting the best type of straightener for everything your hair could possibly need. It's all over social media right now with products from $59.99 to top of the line straighteners. Each of their products are built to last and have so many options for whatever your hair needs are. So Karen and I received a couple of the products. Oh we gosh. got a so straightener and a blow dryer. Yeah. So I'm going to talk about the straightener because that's the one that I have used. It has a cordless design, which makes it so right. handy. You traveled with it. Yes. So it's great for getting a good hair reset on the go because it's so portable and convenient. It's called the Porta. It has this 3D comb design, which is enhanced by cutting edge MCH anionic technology. So you brush it through your hair, it straightens as it goes, and it pushes against this ceramic plate that gives a frictionless glide that promises to curb frizz by 50%. And I've totally seen that because my hair gets frizzy and this just really smooths it out. I really loved it. Okay. So I got the air hype. I'm obsessed with it. I have just like naturally curly, wavy hair. So it was a huge game changer for me. It dries your hair in half the normal time and it keeps your hair safe and shiny, which I noticed immediately. Mm-hmm. I didn't even need to straighten it afterwards. And usually I do because usually I have all those wild like curls left over. Yeah. The wind power on this thing is intense. It's wild. Like I turned it up. I was like, let's play with these buttons. Okay. So it has three magnetic styling attachments. They're all amazing. You know how some blow dryers you get are like, if you go to a hotel and there's a diffuser and you're like, oh my gosh, this is like tearing my hair to pieces and it's going to be so tangled. Not with this one. And it's magnetic. So it's great. So right now you guys, our listeners can get 30% off their first order at timobeauty.com. T-Y-M-O beauty.com using the code WMM30. So that's just two M's. You guys know our codes usually have three. So just keep that in mind. So with so many great products to choose from, now's the time to upgrade your styling and curling kit. So go to TYMOBeauty.com and use the code WMM30 for 30% off your first purchase. Goodbye. Goodbye. Summer is the season of hot temperatures, outdoor adventures, and refreshing water activities. Summer is also the season of rough on your feet causing dry, cracked heels and toes. Introducing Babyfoot, the original exfoliation foot peel that contains 16 natural extracts formulated to remove dead skin cells in three easy steps. Apply the booties, relax for an hour, then wash your feet. In 14 days, you've got baby smooth skin and your feet have never been softer. Letting dead skin cells build up over time is hazardous to your foot health. Our professional-grade DIY products, like our original exfoliation foot peel, our men's foot peel, or our moisturizing mask, are some of the best foot care products on the market created with your foot health in mind. Pamper yourself with a spa day from the comfort and convenience of your own home with Babyfoot. If you want a chemical-free, easy-to-use exfoliating process from the company that created the original foot peel, it's time to treat yourself to Babyfoot. Go to babyfoot.com and use the code SUMMERFEET24 and get 20% off your first order with Babyfoot. That's babyfoot.com and use the code SUMMERFEET24. (laughs) Okay, so then epileptics were known to have been cured by all of this too by the blood mostly so they would jump at the front of a crowd during beheadings they thought if they came in contact with the spurts of blood it would cure their d- disease even poor people who couldn't afford the king's drops or whatever because it was so expensive they would go up to the executioners with cups and they would pay them a small amount to fill their cups with the deceased's blood 
like a keg just yep. bust open and you're just and the, get there to get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And the executioners were quoted saying, it's like killing two birds with one stone. It reduced the criminal burden and served the public good. I take back everything I said about the blood being less disturbing. That's disturbing. That's awful. Mm-hmm. That's awful. Because then you're very clearly, mm-hmm. it's right in your face. Literally. Literally. What you are doing uh-huh. and what you are drinking. This yeah. is a person. Oh, my God. Yeah. Also, ew. wouldn't that beheading be disturbing? And that's what I was about to say. Like, just the thought of being there when that happens. I mean, it used to be normal to watch executions. It used True. to be like a normal thing. Stuff. Yeah. Our society has definitely gone the other way on that. But yeah, I um, guess if you're so desensitized to it, if it's something that you're just used to seeing, then the idea of going and getting the blood from it. But also, like, if they thought that, like, a strong person's blood could make them stronger, if these people that they're beheading were horrible people, wouldn't you think that you're absorbing their Yeah. Because if they say, like, it was a traumatic or, like, yeah. quick death, then it would still have the person's spirit in their bones. So now you're ingesting yeah. someone's spirit. spirit, like an evil person's spirit. What? Is happening. <laughs> Why is this happening to them? Um, also, this is in there and I don't like it at all. Okay, I'm sorry. Did you just reach a disturbing part of the story? <laughs> Sick people consumed menstrual blood when it was available. God. Dang it, Kira. <laughs> when it was available, did you not have enough whip? Like, was everybody on their period at the same time? So you were like, oh, we can only get it once. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> How did, how did you, get, I mean, just like, who was the first person who thought of that? Like, who was the person like, who was like, you yeah, know, do you have like a dog or a cat and you ever had to get like a urinalysis on them and you're like trying to follow them around to catch their pee so you can take it to get it tested? Like, is that what they did to catch the menstrual fluids? I, guys, I'm disturbed. I'm horrified. <laughs> I don't think there's anything disgusting about periods. I'm fine with whatever, but yeah. Oh my god! Don't drink that. Oh no! This, this, okay, let's continue. Let's, moving on. Um, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm gonna have to look some people in the eye after they watch this, listen to this podcast, and they're gonna be like, Megan, why would you let Kara say that? Because it's Kara. I have no control over her. You know her. She's a wild card. Ain't I don't know. Ain't nobody gonna tell me what to do. Ain't nobody tell me what to do. <laughs> My mother is absolutely gonna call me. She I, can feel I love you so much, mom. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Don't drink. Okay. <laughs> okay. So Pope the Eighth, uh, Pope Innocent the Eighth, um, consumed the blood of three young boys while he was on his deathbed, thinking it was going to make him better. So that so the Pope did it. Mm-hmm. The yeah. Pope was like, and his name was Pope Innocent. Mm-hmm. But he was. I don't know what he did in his lifetime, <laughs> except for drinking blood of boys at a time when it was apparently socially acceptable. But that's the part that confuses me the most. Yeah. So then um, they thought, you know, this is just like consuming the blood and fat. It's more of like a cure. They wiped up the blood of Charles I on dish rags after his beheading and passed it on to the ill. They were like, he's Charles I, guys. We're going to dip this. This is and- royalty. Just like send that across our foreheads to the poor people and the sick people <laughs> with Pope 
Pope's blood. Or uh, not Charles. It's Charles's blood, not Pope. If you're not watching the YouTube video, you should just for that moment. <laughs> so then they took those said rags and wiped them on their open wounds. What? And then rubbed fat on their skin to make it heal faster. What if this Charles the First had like HIV? Well, that's what I'm saying. Do you all not? Did you all not know about bloodborne pathogens at this time? I don't think they did. I didn't. I don't. They didn't take. Those I mean, tests. they're eating human skin to cure their diseases. I feel like the idea of bloodborne pathogens is like a little further in the future. Mm, okay, but maybe that's why we have bloodborne pathogens tests we have to take. I hope so. I really hope. And we don't do this anymore. What? Oh, you did say that maybe. Okay. Um, yep. Normally the blood was drunk, um, warm. I thought you said drunk, like, the blood would get drunk. Intoxicated. It's intoxicating. <laughs> it was warm and fresh for increased effectiveness, but some people preferred to cook it. Um, so then they had a recipe of how to turn blood into marmalade. And that no. was that was invented in 1679. Um, an apothecary suggested letting the blood partially dry, chopping it into small pieces, and allowing the remaining water to seep out, then cooking it into a batter before sifting it into a jar. No. <laughs> <laughs> Two more pages. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> in the 17th and 18th century, man's grease, quotations, man's grease, became high demand, was a hot commodity. The executioners would sell the fat of the people they executed, and then it would be melted and filled into vessels. Apothecaries would sell it as a remedy for pain, inflammation, guys, rabies, it cured rabies. Um, joint You're problems talking about. And scars. The melted fat of people's bodies of a random stranger. Not that, not that it being someone you know makes it better, but just like gather round, folks. Oh, gather round. Oh, it's disgusting. This is disgusting, y'all. And the fact that you called it man's grease, man's grease, worse. That's what that worse. I did. Well, I'm not. I'm reading the article. <laughs> so people know what I got my sources right. <laughs> Why did you invent this, Karen? <laughs> I blame you for the behavior of these people. Okay, so then they said, additionally, the skin of these executed people would also be used for medical purposes. Pregnant women would place that skin around their belly during childbirth because it was thought to reduce birth pains. And then others place it around their neck to prevent thyroid problems. The smell alone. What are you doing? Also, I would just be like, I'm going to be haunted forever. Yeah. Like all these people walking around with people's body parts on them. Yeah. As a spirit. Wouldn't that irritate you? Yeah. That Can I have that back? Can I have that following that person around? God, I gotta go this way now because this one's got my <laughs> yeah. forearm. Because they had just skin on my forearm. Yeah, they did it when I they took part of my spirit with them and here I am. Oh there goes my abdomen. That pregnant woman. God. <laughs> yeah. So Mamiya. It's a medicine that started out in Egypt and quickly became in high demand throughout Europe within the 16th century. It was thought to cure any ailment there was. So it was the black remnants in the skull. What? Like the most rotten parts of the black remnants. Great. Awesome. And abdominal cavities were scraped out of mummies and placed into large vessels. 
apothecaries mixed this with herbs and wine and then prescribed it as medicine to their patients. So maybe their patients didn't even know they were drinking dead people. Let's hope that. Mm-hmm. But it seems like it wouldn't matter. They it was just no. what was done. Yeah, and that time nobody cared. Um, so then in Germany, around the early 1600s, a recipe for wine from flesh was invented. According to this recipe, the body of a human, specifically young, flawless redhead, was used. Their flesh was chopped up and mixed with aloe and myrrh, and then mashed into a cured wine. Redheads, young redheads. Well, thank God I'm old. <laughs> I keep being so, like, perplexed by the idea that perhaps our aversion to eating people Mm -hmm. is not Mm -hmm. instinctual. It's something we've evolved to. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that was the thing. Like, it seemed to be okay by a large group of people. Like, it was just a normal societal thing. Several. Yeah. Across countries. countries. And religions and whatever. Yeah. I don't. I can't see what Megan's mouth is just. I can't. Yeah, if you're on the YouTube, you can. I'm just like, what? <laughs> What's happening? How long has it been since I've said, huh? 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 Because that one review. Huh? Huh? You know what? I love it when Kara says, huh? So, I love it when Kara says everything. So, kick rocks. <laughs> huh? Huh, hater? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so, I mean, if you're still listening, you can go back and revise that review anytime you want to. We would love that. Also, if you don't like something, just move on. <laughs> Like, I don't know. We don't do that in the age of the internet, Kara. Just, if I don't like something, I don't going. know just how much I hate. I hate just how much you keep going. Me. Just keep going. Yeah. Okay. So while the practice of medicinal cannibalism faded away in the early 1800s, tradition's not dead, technically. And a less morbid turn, a handful of 21st century mothers and fathers consume placenta of their newborns. Like, some people believe it has healing properties to it. Dang it. Yeah. Dang it. And it's not to say that we've moved on from using one human body to heal another. We do blood transfusions, organ transplants, skin grafts, all modern medicine, but also similar practices to that. I mean, the placenta thing is like, oh, I mean, I've actually read quite a bit about that. I haven't done it, but it's like, I don't have a problem with people yeah. who do i don't find that disgusting so now i'm like oh oh and they go on to talk about like this article goes on to talk about how like back then they were selling the mummies doing trades and stuff transferring them from one country to another trying to sell them and stuff and body same with like body parts or the executioners were selling the blood i mean there's still a huge world in the black market for selling organs and stuff like That's yeah true. there's yeah. like organ donors and stuff but you still have people in that realm snatching bodies and selling body parts um it said that there was a body snatching ring in new york city um that stole and sold body parts from the dead to medical companies they said that it's that idea that once a body is dead, you can do what you want with it. I don't like that. I don't like that either. I don't like it at all. That's so disrespectful. I mean, I guess it would depend on if the person, like, you know, now. If they were an organ donor. If they signed that they wanted to do that. So was there some sort of thing back then where it was just, like, accepted that, well, when I die, my body My body is just given to whatever. That would make it. Their bodies to science. Different for me. That would make it different. You would eat a body then? 
you no. wrap your no pregnant belly in dead people's skin? Probably not. <laughs> well, but it's also hard to say. Like now, no. But if I lived back then, that was right. That yeah. was just done. Yeah. I'm just again. I'm just amazed that it was ever okay. acceptable. Yeah. But you know, we didn't know a lot about medicine then, and what caused diseases and what cured diseases. And that's so. Weird. I mean, we still don't. That's true. There seems to still be a lot of confusion about how diseases are spread <laughs> and prevented. okay okay Um, thank you for listening yes so i'm not even thanking you for that story (laughs) i thank you for the work you put in except you're welcome i do appreciate that you need this podcast yeah (laughs) i don't like your story but i like you (laughs) i like your face Okay, uh, thank you all for listening. Yeah, thanks so much. If you would like to send us story ideas so that we don't have to resort to talking about medicinal cannibalism ever again. <laughs> it's great, guys. It's so great. You could email it to us at witchesmagicmurdermystery at gmail.com. Yep, or hit us up on Instagram. In the link in our bio, you will find literally all the links to everything, or you can just message us on there. Yeah, and then in, wherever you're listening, if you look at the show notes for this episode, all the links to everywhere to find us, including the Patreon yes. and the podcast shop and all those other things Facebook are in there, group. too. Yeah, Facebook group. I mean, we are growing really quickly, I think, because we're doing so many episodes this month. Oh, yeah. But if you haven't joined it, you should. If you have joined it, please feel free to just like post yeah. anything and post say hi. Whatever. Yeah. Everybody in there is great. We love it. Yeah. Okay. Thank okay. you. We love you. We love you so much. Goodbye. Goodbye.